Good morning, everybody. It's good to be here with you, a few in person and some online. It's been a while since I've done a talk, and I'm not sure what's more nerve-wracking, staring at a screen with Brew dressed as an elf, or being in front of a full congregation of people in church. I'll, I'll let you know afterwards. Um, happy New Year uh, from, from, from me. Um, we need a happier one, don't we? And I'm confident that we will have a happier one and that we'll endure together with God's help and with the support of each other. Kate shared me a, an amusing post uh, from Mike Pilavachi, who's a Christian leader yesterday. But I pray that in 2021, you will grant me a fat bank account and a thin body. Please don't get these the wrong way around as you did in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this morning, uh, I'm going to be looking, as you gather from the reading, thank you, thank you for that, uh, the, 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 the visit of the Magi, as it calls it in the uh, NIV version. And it's a story remarkable, and no less so because of our familiarity with it, um, having uh, seen it performed so many times in nativity plays and, and at Christmas events down the years. But this is a remarkable story, and it's a story of surprises and a story of contrast, and I want to draw those out. Uh, in the next few minutes this morning. I, I promise to be fairly brief. Um, and essentially, I, I want to focus on three ideas, three thoughts this morning. The first is that the good news of Jesus Christ is for everyone, everywhere. The second, that God is surprising. And let's be careful not to miss out what he's doing. And the third is that Jesus is worth pursuing. And I hope that some of these ideas this morning may encourage us as we head forward into this new year um, with renewed focus. So first up, the good news of Jesus Christ is for everyone, everywhere. And equality has been a topical issue this year, hasn't it? You know, and I think, you know, I read an interesting piece in the paper recently that suggested that one of the things that COVID has done is magnified inequalities and injustices, and, and that's a grim reality that we're all aware of. Um, but I, I think it's important that we note, you know, first up this morning, that, that God's plan here in using these magi, these people who are from the East, we're told, um, these wise men, we'll talk a little bit more about their, their, their circumstance in a minute and, and why there's an additional element of surprise about this, but that God deliberately chose these people who weren't part of the Jewish people, part of the Jewish culture, the Jewish religion, to be part of this wonderful Christmas story at the birth of Jesus. These were some of the first people to, to witness that birth and to testify you know, to, uh, about Jesus and who he was. And I think we have to you know, rightly draw from this that it was very deliberate that God chose people who were Gentile in that situation. The, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ, in its earliest point of indication, is for everyone, everywhere, regardless of your your race, your creed, your background, your education, your opportunities, your experiences. So let's celebrate that this morning. And just in case you might be sitting at home, as most of you are, feeling that you don't fit in, just be assured you, you do. You know, this good news of Jesus Christ is for everybody. So moving on to the, to the, the, the second idea this morning, and that is that, that God is surprising. And, and actually, so is this story in many ways. First up, this is an unusual event, isn't it? Some, some strange alignment in the stars, some, uh, something going on in the heavens that, you know, that um, there was God communicating with these, these wise men. Um, we've already talked about them, but, but we have to acknowledge that that is an unusual event. That doesn't usually happen. You know, something unusual in the stars that causes these wise men to, to go on this journey. 
So that's, you know, surprise number one. Surprise number two, we've already said that, that God, you know, was deliberate in choosing these people from somewhere else, from a different culture, a different background, a different set of beliefs. But also, does it not surprise you that he chose people who, who were described, well, I, I've read a few little bits about this, these guys, that some describe them as philosophers, others astrologers, others magicians. And I just sat there wondering as I was thinking and pondering on this passage this week, would we have hatched that plan? As, as Christians, would we have come up with that idea? I'm pretty certain we wouldn't. And it just made me realize that we must be careful that we don't limit God according to our expectations and maybe the box that we're existing in. So, you know, an encouragement, you know, to me, to all of us, let's be open. Let's, let's not limit how God might choose to communicate with us and might choose to lead and guide us. Um, and so thirdly, on, on the surprise front, and, and this is something we're so very familiar with, but it doesn't mean that it's not important to acknowledge it, is that Jesus, the king of the Jews, as he's described um, in the passage, Jesus, God's um, son coming to earth on this rescue mission for, for humanity, was born in humble circumstances. Uh, was born in a regular family and probably an irregular place. We know that it was there was no room at the inn for him. Often it's depicted as he was born in a stable. I'm not sure that, that might be in the Bible. I couldn't find it when I was doing the, some reading around this. But but we know that it was lowly circumstances. It was humble circumstances. And might we not have expected something different for Jesus? I bet a bunch of you watch The Crown because most of what we do is sit around watching Netflix these days. Um, and even there was one episode where the Queen went to visit Charles. And uh, in one of his posh houses, I forget which one. And even for that lunch visit, there's a, about eight servants lined up to greet her, you know. And, and would we not expect that, the, that, that Jesus, um, the, the legitimate, the real king of the Jews, would have, you know, perhaps come in more um, grand circumstances, more regal circumstances. But we see from this very early point that Jesus' style of kingship is one of making himself lowly, is one of stepping down. And as it says in Philippians, not uh, considering equality with God something to be grasped. So Jesus' kingship is, is characterized by um, self-sacrifice. And I think that stands in contrast. We said at the front that there's a number of big contrasts in this passage with King Herod, who we know that his, he'd been the king for some time um, in, in that area in Jerusalem, and, but his kingship was based on, on, on tyranny, oppression, and on self-advancement. Um, and, and we know that um, you know, that even in this story, his main, uh, re his reaction to, to, the, to the visit of the Magi and to understanding um, the prophecy that the, the Jewish leaders confirmed came from Micah about the, you know, the ruler being born in Bethlehem, his reaction was to be threatened um, and to deceive and to hatch what we know was an evil plan, um, you know, in order to try and maintain his position and his hierarchy. So this stark contrast between Jesus, whose kingship is, is sacrifice, is, um, defined by self-sacrifice and, and by service and, and by making himself lowly as compared to, to, to Herod. And I just want us to consider briefly on the theme of surprise, the, the behavior of, of the Magi in the first place. So um, we've got these guys who are, are willing to travel probably some way, enduring some hardship. They're willing to go off on a punt because they've seen something in the stars that has, has roused the curiosity, as, as an openness in their hearts, in their minds, to go and find out what is this. And it wasn't uncommon for, for people to study the stars. Um, 
in, in that time, and also to, to link events in the heavens with those that are happening on the earth. But these guys go off with no certainty of outcome, with an openness of heart and a willingness to discover and, and an expectation that, that, that stands out. And, and I think also stands again our second big contrast in stark contrast to the Jewish leaders who actually, um, and in fact all the Jewish people, it says um, in, in our passage in verse, uh, let me see, um, verse 3, when King, King Herod heard this, that he heard that the Magi had come to find the king of the Jews, that, that he'd come from the east to worship him, that, that verse 3 says this, when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. Um, and so he called together uh, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and it was them who then quoted the, the, the prophecy in Micah about the, the coming of, of, of Jesus and the, the ruler and the shepherd of Israel being born in Bethlehem. Um, and it says, you know, their main reaction was to be disturbed. And you think, well, is this not a bit odd that the Jewish people themselves, the one who says, well, this is what the prophecy said, that they don't go rushing to Bethlehem to, to find, to, to check this out, to say, well, crumbs, this could be the fulfillment of those prophecies. But no, they don't do that. They, 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 they are disturbed is what we learn. Isn't it remarkable that you have these uh, guys from the East, these, these magi, well, they may not have been guys, I don't know if it says that, um, who, who have come with open hearts, um, and come willing to discover and to find out. And somewhere on that journey, there's a realization that they've come to find the king of the Jews and they want to come and worship him. Um, and that, they're, that they're, you know, their, their behavior is in, is in really quite stark contrast to that of the, um, the Jewish leaders. And so I think my, my first sort of big takeaway, if you like, this morning is let's be like the Magi and follow the star this year. Okay, so you may not have a star. Uh, you might, uh, you know, it's, it's clearly not a, a normal event. We've already said that surprising event, but let's be willing to follow God's lead and 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 not and, and be willing to hear Him and you know engage with Him in whatever way that He wants to to, to you know to take us forward this year. Um, whatever prompts, whether ideas, whatever He puts your way, let's be willing to go with His flow and to have the same heart as these guys, these wise men from the East, who were willing to take this incredible journey because of their openness of heart and their their wanting to to find out and to discover. I was struggling to find a story in my own life that was, you know, sort of illustrative of this. And it's, it's, it's not a, a great example, but it's, it's one where, you know, God sort of surprised me, really. And I was in church one morning. It wasn't this church. It was a previous one. And uh, this, I can't even remember the sermon topic. It was, it was something along the love thy neighbor type vibes. And um, they were talking about judging and not judging other people. And, um, and, uh, not unusually in this church, at the end they always used to have a come on down so people could come down and get some prayers. Um, and interestingly, they specifically invited people to come on down in, if they had a problem with passing judgment on others. And I thought, no one's going to go forward. You know, I mean, what are these guys thinking? Anyway, uh, quite a few people did. So they were, you know, people with a lot more sincerity than me in the congregation. Um, but to be honest, I didn't go forward because even though I had multiple problems and still do, that wasn't one of the worst. So, so I stayed there just uh, kind of observing these judgmental individuals. Um, and, and then the, the, the pastor, the vicar, he said, could some other people please come forward and say a few prayers for these guys so 
So I got up and I just had this, my eyes were drawn to this guy um, in the congregation. I knew him and I didn't really like him that much, you know, and I, but in my head, it was, there was this, you've got to go and pray for him, you know, and it was, you know, everything about it was a bit surprising, a little bit, well, I don't really want to do that. But I thought, okay, my eyes are drawn to him. I've got this idea. I'm going to go pray for the guy. So I walk up, tap him on the shoulder and say, good morning, mate. Um, I've come up to say a few prayers for you. Is there anything I can particularly pray for? He said, well, Actually, you're, you're the problem. <laughs> you're the one I've been uh, judging. <laughs> and he said, and I, I swear this is true, and I don't say this to paint myself in some sort of uh, hippie light, but he said, it's because of what you stand for, freedom and love. <laughs> you know? I mean, I was just cracky up inside thinking I sound like a complete hippie. Anyway, but so I, you know, I said I went about praying for himself, but you know, it, it, this sort of slightly surprising set of events led to what was a bit of reconciliation and a bit of healing and, and a bit of God doing his work. And I guess, thankfully, I was able to see beyond my own kind of, you know, concerns and, and, and go and say a prayer for the, this guy on that particular morning. So, so God is surprising and God will surprise us and he will go on doing that. Let's have open hearts like these wise men did back in the day. And thirdly, and finally, I just want to talk about um, Jesus is worth pursuing. Have you ever met anyone who, who makes your heart sing? Sing, not sink. Sing. I'm not about to burst into wild thing. Don't panic. Um, and this is a bit corny. I'm sorry for it. And she's not present. But I, I met Kate about 28, 29 years ago. Makes me feel a bit emotional. How embarrassing. <laughs> at, at a Christian weekend away. It was at a place called Ashburnham. It was a, like a club 18, no, not club 1830, but it was a, it was a sorry, that would have been a, a very unusual thing for the church to do. But it was a, a sort of weekend for 1830s. It was essentially the same idea, I think, get some people together and get them hooked up, um, but in a, in a rather more savoury way, you appreciate. Um, anyway, I, I sat down at breakfast on the first morning and this lovely young woman sat, I can even remember what she wear, was wearing, but I'm not going to go into that. And she did make my heart sing. <laughs> emotional moment again sorry about that <laughs> um she was a, a vibrant and lovely and kind and generous all the things that she remains to this day um and and i you know this is an uh, frankly although it's an important one for me it's an inadequate way to to draw a you know a comparison with the magi's response because when they arrive at bethlehem having heard um the, the council um from the jewish leaders and then the star reappearing over that place um, we see their reaction, and I'm going to read that to you in verse 10 and 11. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened the treasures and presented with gifts of gold, of frankincense, and of myrrh. They were not disappointed. And what's fascinating about this scenario to me is that this wasn't them seeing Jesus in full flow in his 30s, doing ministry and doing healings and, you know, giving great speeches. This was them in front of a baby in a manger with his mum in a humble situation and yet the reaction of their hearts was a recognition that this is the Christ this is the savior this is God's rescuer Jesus the, the king of the Jews the genuine king of the Jews and we, we we're told that they they fall down in worship um they are not disappointed and they offer him these lavish gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. They, they have a bit of meaning to them, but we, we're not going to uh, dwell on that this morning. Um, and I just want to, I, I guess, suggest as our second take up this morning that when we pursue Jesus in our everyday lives, um, we will not be disappointed and he will meet with us and it will impact and change us. Now, we don't know what happened to these major, well, we know that they had a dream to warn them not to, you know, to go back and, and, and tell Herod where precisely where Jesus was born. 
So that's all we know about them. But I'm certain from their reaction and their recognition of who Jesus was that their lives were impacted and changed. Those of us who've you know knocked around a while may call ourselves Christian today. We've we've had you know so many countless experiences of of, of Jesus impacting us. And I have to say, for me, that you know that it's the opportunity to to worship Him and to uh, to you know to draw. You know, close to him in the context of worship and John has been leading us he's going to lead us again in a moment has been one of the things that has always kept me going you know in my up and down wobbly unpredictable not always a great Christian life but that op- that op- opportunity to to draw near and to meet with Jesus and to have that recognition that same recognition that the major had that we are meeting the living God in Jesus here just as they met him as a baby in Bethlehem that day Tom Wright writes, I think, very nicely about this. He says this, think about what it meant to be the true king of the Jews and then come to him by whatever route you can and with the best gifts you can find. So I'll close with that this morning. And uh, just want to, as a final, just encourage you um, three ideas this morning that Jesus, the good news of Jesus is for everyone everywhere that God is surprising. And let's not miss him by boxing him in and limiting our expectations about how he might do things and what he might do. And thirdly, Jesus is worth pursuing. I'm just going to close in prayer and then hand over to John, who's going to lead us in another song of worship. Lord, thanks for this wonderful story. As we say, remarkable, yet so familiar um, of this incredible event in, in the history of the world. And thank you for Jesus. Thank you for his birth, for his life, for his death and for his resurrection. And thank you that he is near to us and available to us and that we don't have to traipse across lands in order to find him, that he is here and available to us by his spirit now. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.